Hi, welcome to today's podcast. I'm joined today by Jay Haley Phillips, author, editor, and amazing storyteller. This is our first guest interview, and I'm talking today to Jay Haley Phillips. She's an author, an all-round creative, and a bit of an angel, and I can't wait to learn more about her. Haley, thanks for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. It's really, really exciting to be here. I don't think I've been on a podcast before. Well, this is something new for everyone. We are literally figuring it out as we go. And the tech is a nightmare, but it's a challenge. And we all love a personal challenge, don't we? Definitely. So, (laughs) without giving away too much about you in a massive preamble, you can check lots of the details in the show notes about Hayley. But the first thing I'll say is you're a writer, Hayley. But tell us a little bit about your background um, where you live, where you're calling in from, and what you do with yourself. What's your life all about? Uh, well, I'm calling in from Michigan right now in the United States. I live a, um, about a half hour drive outside of Detroit in a cute little neighborhood right next to a park. Uh, it's, it's a really nice area. I love it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've been a writer pretty much all of my life like since as soon as I could hold a pencil that that was what I was all about um you know when I was real little I would make up silly stories and then as I got older uh you know I went into like the teen angst poetry (laughs) and then in college um my poetry really grew because I joined a writer's group and so I was exposed to Um, more people and more styles and so it just really helped me reach beyond the horizons that I had at the time Um, and then after college I started um, I just sort of because of the writers group I kind of fell into editing because my my group mates they appreciated my insight and my perspective and uh, my critiques so much that when um, two of them actually at different times when they decided that they were going to write a book, they wanted me to be the editor. And from there, it was you know, oh, I I have a friend who's writing a book, and so it became word of mouth. I started talking about what I was doing on Facebook, and I started getting clients on Facebook, and it just really was uh, this. I mean, I, I fell into it. Like This wasn't something that I set a goal, and I said, I want to be an editor. It just happened, and I rolled with it. Um, and through that experience, I learned that one of my favorite things to write and to help other people write is articles, um, like personal life lesson articles about things you've been through, and you leveraging that to help other people, because that's no matter what I've been involved in throughout my life, that if I had any sort of goal, it, it was to serve other people somehow. You know, I went to massage therapy school after college, um, and I, I loved that for a while, but it wasn't quite, you know, it was serving people, it was helping people heal and feel better, but it wasn't quite that, that niche that I belonged to, and eventually I, I you know, the universe kind of shook me upside the head and was like, writing, you silly girl, writing! <laughs> Oh, that moment of realisation when it's been right in front of you all the time. But you don't notice it because, again, if you've been writing since you were a kid and it's quite easy and you can do it without too much trauma and angst, yet we've received the message from the world, from our parents and the society (laughs) of work is hard and you must struggle and strive. And uh, work is also something... 
creative. <laughs> Don't waste wow. your time. My mother told me I should be a pharmacist. Oh, please. Science was my least favorite subject. <laughs> I remember going to my dad once. Because um, I was... I was I miss the calling that you had. I mean, I too have written since I was a child and it came really easily and I can write in half an hour what it takes people a week to put out, blah, 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 blah. But I missed that completely, just like you. But I completely missed it. <laughs> you you fell into your groove. But I remember going to my dad when I was about 21, 22 and I think I just started my spiritual exploration. So I came from a city in the Midlands where you go and work in a shop or you work in a bank and you get married and you have kids and that's it really happy with your lot. And I was so frustrated because I had a passionate rebellion against this nine to five. I did not understand the concept of a day job. So all I was raised around and it was all that was out there and it felt so fundamentally wrong to me. That whole, what do you want to be when you grow up? How the hell can I choose one thing when I don't know most of the things that are out there? Don't be ridiculous. Don't ask me to pick one. When I haven't even seen what's on offer, so I was constantly rejecting. I was working, but hating every minute of it. And I said to my dad, I just want a job that's my life. So my life is my work, and my work is my life, and I enjoy what I'm doing every day. And I thought that meant living on some hippie commune where you collect the eggs and fix the fences, and, you know, your daily activities are your life. My dad Can I join me, you out there? Because that sounds amazing. Well, it's always on the list of things to do, isn't it? But my dad just looked at me and said, you go to work to pay the bills, not to enjoy yourself. Yeah. And I just remember, no. yes, exactly. So it's so different. I mean, this is 30 years now, 30 years ago. And it's, it shows the changing times because not only now can we do it, we believe in it and we're spreading the message of it, which is exactly what this podcast is all about. The radical yeah. pursuit of joy. Please don't put up with anything. Know what you are. Or find out what you are and do your thing. I just love your story. It's it, it lights me up and also fills me the most envy possible that you, <laughs> you you did it, but you clicked and you stuck it and you did it and you kind of like you say you fell into it, but you fell in and kept rolling. Yeah, and it's it's been an evolution ever since then. Is is the neat thing? Like, um, I mean, you you know, I'm I'm. I've dived headfirst into writing children's stories just in the last few months. And this has become my biggest passion. And it's, it's interesting because it's like I've come full circle. Because when I was really little, I was writing these silly little children's stories. But when I look at the path that I've been on, I can see how all the pieces I've learned along the way like the bits of the poetry and the, um, you know, having a takeaway from writing an article, all of these pieces have really pulled together to make me that much better at doing what I'm meant to do. See, that's interesting because the, the, the feeling of what is right is within you. So you act upon it. But the path you take, the twists and turns, I mean, so many people I know who are great at writing have come to it from corporate writing or copywriting or, again, discounting their creative writing as being something that doesn't count. And I put my hands up to that as well. Yes, I can do it and it's easy, but it doesn't count. That discounting because of not understanding that it, it so does. And I love the fact that you've come to this place through all these different avenues. I mean, being pulled in to do editing, it's, it's an amazing gift for someone to trust you with their work and to trust that you're not going to take over or radically change, but you will enhance it. 
because there are some great writers out there who are really bad writers if that makes sense yeah like they have their ideas that are amazing but to pull it together into something that's well written yeah and that's that's when it gets fun <laughs> for an for an editor because you you get to really get your hands dirty and dig in and, and play with it rearrange it try this try that and when I work with clients, that's always one of the first things, uh, if they've never worked with me before, I, I reassure them. I, said, I, I make minor tweaks uh, and edits within the text itself, but most of the time, depending on their, their level of you know, how, mu how, much do they, how much liberty do they want to give me, um, I make a ton of comments and suggestions in the side comments because I want to make sure I understand exactly what it is that they want to say, and I want to make sure it's said in a way that stays true to them. And so it's this back-and-forth uh, communicative process of editing as opposed to, like, grading a paper and handing it back. I can't stand, I can't stand <laughs> the idea of doing that because it's not my work. It's their work. Yeah, now that's difficult as well because I don't know... <clears throat> excuse me the few bits of editing that I've done I had a lovely lady offer me a book and if you're listening I adore you and the story was great and the content was great and the idea was great and the writing was very full but as I'm reading and I don't know about you and I think it's part of the intuitive sensitivity that as you're reading you get just you hit a clunk and it's the almost a rhythm or a little things the way the, the words are organized in the sentence and mm -hmm. I found myself doing lots of rewriting, so the, the sidebar was absolutely filled with little marks. But it wasn't oh, changing yeah. what she'd said. It was literally saying, you know, almost like reordering. And I suppose if I, if I knew how to describe grammar, that would be something to do with it. It would be moving things around to make them more flexible and things. But it was a very feeling-based process. And I'm not a technical writer, and I don't have a million and one grammar terms in my head. But it feels right or it doesn't sentences yeah very very things. much yeah. it's an art that's the thing like you know it's it's an it is a, an intuitive art just as you said like there's there's feelings that that go with it you know you might not be able to say it's a syntax thing or, or um you know something along those lines or a part participle or whatever you like you may not have the terminology but you know that it doesn't feel right and you need to rearrange it in a way so that it flows better absolutely yeah and it's and again it, it's a really thing weird thing to quantify because put it in front of me I can do it I don't know that I would ever say to someone right I am an editor because I, again I can't clarify and it's weird it's like because you haven't got this official for me anyway this is me and my own <laughs> neurosis because there isn't an official badge that says yes you can do this just because I can do it doesn't mean I can do it how have you got past that how have you managed to find this trust in the self to be able to own and honor what you do with such confidence that it really has just been a feedback thing, I think, because to to have people um, referring you and, and the testimonials and the word of mouth, I mean, I, well, technically I have a website, but there's nothing on it yet, and I've been doing this for years. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, from, from the very beginning, it's been at least a decade um, since I started getting rolling, and since I decided I wanted to make it a real business, it's been four, like four years. Um, and I mean, I've, I have never not had something to work on for someone in this whole time. Like I've, I've never had a blank spot in my schedule, uh, even if it's something small. And so, you know, I, I suppose that's what it is. It's just, it's, you know, the, the responses that I get from my clients 
I know I'm doing something right. I love that. And again, it's so organic and it kind of feeds into the whole message of do what you like to do. Connect with other people. Because if, if you hadn't connected through that writing group, if you hadn't been giving and sharing in that space, they would never have known you could do it. Have oh, been absolutely. It's... You've, you've got to do, do what you love, be who you are, and trust the flow. Um, actually, <laughs> um, totally, well, it's not totally random, but like it's one of those things where you know hindsight's twenty twenty, and you look back and you can see the tiny little weird random steps that took you where you needed to be. I had a crush on a guy in one of my classes, and I wrote him a poem, and he was like, oh, that's a good poem. There's this artist group you should hook up with. And through that artist group, I found the writer's group, and it all went from there. So, you know, if if this one particular guy hadn't been in my class, I don't know if I would be where I am right now. It's so, so random and so cool. Like, divinely placed. And that, that really feeds into um, the concept that I mean, this podcast and all my work is with creatives, mystics and healers. And I pull us all together under the banner of Earth Angels because, like you say, we're here to help. We're here to serve. And yes. a lot of the people, and I know you too, will get onto your witchy bent in a minute. But we've all <laughs> got our, I think we all spread the three levels. There's well, all of us are creatives, everyone that's going to be on this podcast and the people that I connect with, they're all creative in some way or another, um, have a love for the mystical and the the mysterious. And the healers, that comes down to that drive to just to want to help people. So we've, you know, you've ticked your box that you want to help people. You've said you studied massage therapy and that is that was important to you in your work. And we've obviously ticked your creative box. So I'm going to tiptoe slowly into the middle there and ask you about how you identify with the term of mystic how does that sit with you um that's not really a term i've really ever thought to apply to myself but it doesn't feel uncomfortable at all i in the last year or two i've slowly um been referring to myself as, as a witch or a baby witch as I've been looking more into that specificity of my spiritual path um but mystic I kind of like it I like it it encompasses those who are curious who want to know and aren't practicing in any way right through to the people who are fully fledged and have a you know, a ritualized Wiccan practice that they take. And I just know that the, literally everyone I connect with, I don't think there are many people who just go, oh my God, mumbo jumbo rubbish. If they do, they probably it, did it stay like around. It ownership of your power. It really does. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and again, there's, there's a scale. And I've always called myself a practicing cynic. I think a lot of it's a load of hokum, but I'm very good at it. And it's... <laughs> You know, I've always felt this. I used to go to those mind-body-spirit fairs. You know, you go to the church hall or whatever, and all this. I'd walk around these tables going, what? What a load of crock. Oh, my God. Almost repellent. Like, some of it was just like, really? Oh, yeah. And there's so much of it that really does annoy me and frustrate me because, as we all know, there are scam artists, there are people that are doing things wrong, there are it's a load of rubbish out there. You have to be discerning. But it didn't mm -hmm. stop me knowing that there is something more there is definitely a bigger picture and that these stories that we're telling 
as you told about your, uh, you know, you're picking up the breadcrumbs, looking back. To me, that's a total symbol of how you were guided and how you came with a purpose and you were guided towards it. And again, I just love all that languaging, which for some people, if you're listening, it's not your bag. It's a bit hard to take, but to me, it makes sense. And it also makes sense of when the shit hits the fan and we're caught in struggle, which kind of brings me on to a question because, you know, no one gets to where you are right now without a few obstacles and a few challenges. So can you think of a time when you were on this path and it all took a bit of a sharp turn when you had a struggle? Um, Downturn? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I think it was about two years ago now. But I had taken the leap to quit my part-time job and go all in on my business. Um, and I was actually in, I don't know if I want to use the word encouraged, um, pressured maybe a little bit by my business coach at the time to go ahead and do that. And she she assured me, you know, like, your your clients will be there. Take the leap. You know, these there are people who are thinking that you're not a hundred percent in your business because you have this part-time job and so I, I was naive and I, I had placed all of my trust in her and don't get me wrong she's, she's very good at much of what she does but this particular instance was not very good because I didn't have a plan in place I didn't have any kind of business plan for sustainability and so I was struggling so hard to come up with new things and new offers and get more clients and I think I lasted mm, six to eight months, I can't, I can't remember clearly anymore, um, before I burnt out hard. I mean, I was resenting my work. I did not want to do any of it anymore, but I was because I had clients who were relying on me and because part of me still knew it was what I was meant to be doing, but I was just so, so burnt out that it took me the better part of a year to come back to loving what I was doing again. I got myself another part-time job, which has been wonderful. I'm still there a few, you know, uh, I think two and a half, three years I've been there now. Um, and I only work a couple of days a week just to keep, you know, just to, to make sure that ends are meeting. And it's good for me too, because it gets me out in the world <laughs> and around people <laughs> instead of just on the computer all the time. But it also provides that little bit of safety net uh, which I, you know, I was made to feel like that was a bad thing, that it was something that was keeping me from fulfilling my purpose, that it was keeping me from going all in in my business, when it's actually the perfect balance for me to do both. I, I love so. it. And, and it's funny, because as you were talking about that, my little intuitive spark was flashing, and I'm thinking, <laughs> it, is, it is a lot of advice that we hear these days you know go in go all in go hard no plan b wah, wah, wah. and and that's a great philosophy but had she offered that to you and you lit up with so much surge of passion i'd have said absolutely that's the right thing to do but as as you were speaking i could feel your whole shutdown like she offers it to you this is a little bit like time traveling is it now intuitively reading you from two years ago but it's like there, she offers there was you passion but but at the same time there was a, also a lot of gaslighting and a lot of pressure yeah and the pressure is like no, that's not right for me that's not it's not ready it's not the time yet and you have made the perfect um balance and i love this as a message to anyone that's that's uh that's listening there is nothing oh, wrong well, with doing it your own way god oh 
because I did. I felt so ashamed. I felt like I was selling out when I got up, up when I sucked it up and went and applied for another job. It took me a while before I even mentioned it online because I felt like I would be looked down for it because it was so ingrained in my in my mind that that was not a good thing. And, you know, you do that for as long as it feels right. And then, you know, the next step is not being funny. You're good at what you do. So you're good at writing and you're good at editing and you're good at working with your clients. That doesn't necessarily mean right now you are an amazing marketer or salesperson. You're the best person in the world for advertising your work and promoting it. Either that's a skill you can learn or... Yeah, I mean, we're not all good at everything and nor should you be and nor should you beat yourself up because what you feel, like you said, it rolls. You've always got work coming in. People are always reaching out to you. You can tell people you're available. It's working perfectly. Why yeah. broke it? If it, you know, why, why fix it if it's not broken? Yeah, exactly. And, and the really neat thing is along the lines of, of your mystic angle, you know, and serving people, I get to do that in customer service. I mean, I'm a hostess at a restaurant right now, but I mean, I've, I've done cashiering. I've worked in a deli um, doing baking and, and produce and stuff, and I have managed a gas station. And in all of these instances, I'm still coming face to face with people that I can still serve. I can offer them optimism, insight, a friendly smile or, or you know, some sort of positive interaction. You're still able to do that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. It doesn't have to take you away from your purpose. No. And that is so interesting because, again, we've got this overwhelming message at the minute that your purpose has to be high, that it has to be all, it has to be focused. And I'm just like you. I mean, definitely the people person, the wanting to help. And I worked customer facing in everything I did. I had 30 jobs in 10 years because it was like, yeah, I mean, the CV was enormous. I know, 30 jobs in 10 years. And then I quit to have a family and I haven't been to work since. So it's what's the point yeah you're always like you say you're helping people you're connecting with people and I prided myself like you say whether I was on a checkout in a supermarket I was one with the smile with the chat or whether I was working in hotels or restaurants or pubs it was again it was that opportunity to give someone a good experience there was no, it was never a waste of time no and, you took it to shine out who you are yeah, I love it that mystic still shows Yes, and it comes into everything. And again, in hindsight, I only look back and went, oh, I've always been doing what I do in slightly different guises. I mean, it's really interesting. So, you know, you had that challenge. You overcame it by, well, I suppose you fully experienced taking the bad advice and you let yourself fully feel um, the the what was wrong to feel the discomfort which allowed you to make another decision and go back into work but you know what happens how how do you keep going when you lose motivation what happens when you do lose your blur because you did for a long time in there you said you lost your focus and apart from i've got to keep going because i've got clients which is uncomfortable that was was probably the biggest part of it uh fortunately unfortunately um because i i have this deep-seated fear of letting people down so I think that really was a huge part of it but at the same time it was just because writing and serving people is so integral to my my identity it's it's who I am and that's not something I can ever shake um 
I mean, I, I have forced myself to imagine a life without writing, like just don't write anymore. And I would rather die. <laughs> like, that is the most empty existence I can conceptualize. Um, so no, it's, it's really just a matter of, I kept going because I didn't have any other choice. It was who I was, even if it wasn't good for me right in that moment. It was, it was not something that I could ever escape from. It was, and it's not something I would ever want to escape from. I think that's really encouraging in a way because no matter how uncomfortable, and again, there's different levels of uncomfortable, isn't there? There's the uncomfortable when you were given the advice and you went all in and then burned yourself out. There's the uncomfortable of, I keep turning up even though I'm feeling really shattered. But there's the uncomfortable of contemplating not doing it. I mean, there are all these yes. levels of... of you choose your heart. Yes, That's you choose your hard. Choose yeah, the easiest hard that you can find. But it is gonna be hard. And I think that's something to share that it's not all sweetness and light. I mean, this this podcast is called The Radical Pursuit of Joy for a reason. Because I come from a life of depression and anxiety where the whole of life there was no joy. It was absent for so many years until I made the decision that I was going to pursue have my word of the year as joy. And then the phrase was the radical pursuit of joy. And then when I started following that as my benchmark, no matter what I do right now, it has to be in the radical pursuit of joy. No matter how big the shitstorm you're in. You know, well, and the, the thing about a shitstorm is that after the shitstorm, you can leverage it to serve others. Yes. That is the whole thing. And that is why I don't mind when life is raining shit down on me in a shitstorm, <laughs> because I know I can turn that into fertilizer and help people and myself to grow some really beautiful flowers. That, oh, that just makes me want to squeeze. That's the point. Yes. Yeah, so no matter when you're in the shitstorm, you can still know you're pursuing the radical pursuit of joy by weathering it, allowing it, walking through it and knowing, as I used to say, it's a chapter for the book. Or it's yes. a strength and you've learned from it. I mean, I've been through bankruptcy yeah, and, and homelessness. You know your purpose is to serve. Yes. You know that you will be able to turn that around and use it to serve. Absolutely. And you never lose focus of it will move through. This too will pass. It's yes. all temporary. And whether it's brilliant or whether it's an absolute shitstorm, it is temporary. <laughs> and we can always find something in it. Oh, that's so delightful. And it does make the shit storms of life of which there are many right now um impossible to see when you're in the middle of it to be fair you can't see the beauty of it but it's almost like in holding this it's almost like holding an umbrella above you so no matter what's going you know above everything else there is a purpose there is a reason and you will find it in time mm -hmm. i'm still trying to figure out what the purpose of that 2020 was other than the massive reset of the whole of the world and life is going to change as we know it might take a little longer to yeah i don't think we're far enough on the other side of, of 2020 yet to be able to see it clearly it's it, it's the most bizarre situation and i i'm you know i'm hoping that talking to people like yourself like creatives mystics and healers we can actually just get the message out that no matter how much restriction we're feeling and how unusual our time is we are so damn blessed with gifts to share. And as you've proven, you can't not turn up and you can't not share them. And there's the nope. joy, isn't it? 
So let me have a quick look as we're winding up. Um, what are you working on right now? What's going on with you writing-wise at the moment? You mentioned children's stories? Yes, children's stories. Um, I'm kind of in the middle of figuring out where to take them, but I am. I, I have Monday set aside to work on a story that you suggested in a roundabout way. Uh, because when you first invited me to come on this podcast, it was right around the full moon. And so you asked me if I could perhaps do a full moon story. And uh, I started thinking about it because, you know, I, I love to jump on a challenge. And I, I'm at this point where I'm kind of challenging myself to uh, prove that I can write a story about anything. That, that's where I'm at right now. I'm like, ooh, I'm the story lady. I can write a story about anything. Let me prove this to myself. Never. <laughs> Um, so you said write a full moon story. So I started thinking about it. And so by the time we actually do the podcast, it's it's going to be waning at that point. So maybe I'll do a disappearing moon story. So I've I, I have this method that I use to map out a, a story, and using that, it took me about maybe ten minutes to throw together a really really solid outline for this story. So Monday I'm going to be sitting down and actually writing the darn thing. Um, but I have a, a few different irons in the fire as far as like storytelling and everything goes. I want to start um, back in October. I did my first story writing workshop and I created a guidebook to go with it. So I want to start creating more of those guidebooks and doing a few more workshops, probably more than a few. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to start doing one-on-one, like take you by the hand, walk through, help you write whatever story you've got on your mind that you're having trouble pulling together. Um, in my Facebook group, I have a, um, I'm calling it a book pub party. So I'm pulling together some speakers to all come together over the course of, I think it's the final week of February. Um, and we're going to have some different speakers come to talk about different aspects of writing and publishing your own book. And, oh, golly, what else? Um, oh, and I've got a few different, um, two, I've, I've got two different people who wanted to collaborate with me on slightly different um, ways to incorporate storytelling into your business because one of my clients that I'm on, I'm on her team, we actually, we, we met this morning right before I hopped on here with you, um, but she is a business coach for Misfits. Maria, I love you. Um, <laughs> and... I wrote a children's story for her that encompassed the the values and the purpose of her business and a little bit of her herself in the main character to just kind of em- embody what she does. Uh, and I told her, she, you know, I'm going to finish shining it up a little bit, probably make a few tweaks, but, she, you know, if she wanted to use that for marketing purposes or, or any sort of promotional whatever, uh, then she, you know, the story was hers. I wrote it for her. And <laughs> so so she just was so excited. She wants to turn this into a whole line of stories based on this character with different business lessons that are easily accessible, easily digestible, because that's the, the fun about putting lessons and messages into children's story form. And then she also wants to do a digital course with me that will help, um, you know, teach other entrepreneurs how to do that for their business. And then I have another friend who does branding, Isabel, I love you too, uh, so much. And she had this idea, she wanted to help her clients create a character for themselves to to help, um, 
you know, promote or market or, or whatever with their business. And she was going to use this as, as a way to help them really nail down their brand uh, through the process of creating the character. And when she found out that I had written this story for Maria, she just exploded with excitement and said, I need to talk to you. We need to combine these offers. So, I mean, the 2021 is, is full of so much excitement for me because I found, I found my sweet spot. And in finding my sweet spot, just in January, I had you and Maria and Isabel all reach out to want to work with me. <laughs> now, I've got to just tell you, I'm hearing no, this and I am, I am drooling. I am just sitting here going, oh my God, I am drooling. I want all of that. I just literally want to reach out and grab all of that. So hit, hit me up with links when it happens, because that's amazing. <laughs> because I have to say in full you know, in full, uh, what's the word, uh, admittance or whatever. The thing I struggle with, being of the mystic variety, is literally nailing the what I do. Like, once people are in front of me, bang, this is amazing, you're fantastic. Yes, but what exactly did we do? I don't know, but I feel amazing. That doesn't really nail it in the whole customer niche and solving the problem. But I'm hearing you going, oh, oh, there are people who can literally pull out of me and create this character and why have I not done that for myself immediately I hear other people doing things my brain sort of goes why didn't you think of that yeah well if we all thought of everything no one would ever do anything it's amazing Hayley it's madly exciting I love this oh it's probably I mean, these, these collaborations probably won't be until quarter three quarter you know quarter two quarter three somewhere in there so it's, it's going to be a little while before they actually start the process of rolling out and, and coming into existence um, but they're I mean they're in the gestational period right now so I'm so excited well it's the best thing I mean you're just throwing ideas around and you're getting lit up by everybody and what a perfect blend of someone who's using it in their own business who's branding for other businesses and you just sort of knitting in the middle I love it and what better way to use stories we know that stories sell, we know brand stories sell, and we know that people buy people, they don't buy things, etc. etc. And Oh I know, like one of my one of my favorite examples is the movie Titanic. You know, you read about Titanic in a history book and you're not gonna remember who the captain was or what year it was, or you know, mo most of that stuff, unless you're a, a hardcore history buff. You watch the movie, you've got characters, you have a plot, you get emotionally invested, and suddenly you're remembering all of these details all of these facts about it there's a reason for that it's, it's that emotional connection it's that emotional investment that is created through story and so I, I feel like that is this huge thing that could really help businesses and and individuals um you know because I, I had this thing where I think small in the beginning and I was like oh like children's stories you know we can help shape the younger generation we can uh help people write their own stories for their kids or to get published it's like no it's it's so much bigger than that so you know as, as my facebook group is called stories can stories will save the world and there's there are so many ways that that plays out 
and it, 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 it's, it is so <laughs> exciting and it perfectly again it perfectly brings together these three elements of the creative the mystic and the healer because the yeah. healing is i want to help the creative is this is how i like to do it with color and flair but the mystic part is knowing it's bigger than a day job it's bigger than your role in your family it's bigger than your physical abilities or limitations or any of those things and the mystic quality for me is trusting in you are here for a purpose it might just be to be a damn nice human end of you know if anyone's and listening not, you don't have nothing wrong with that that is that i mean that is a high purpose in itself. yes and i think people miss that to... You don't have to be a, a, an astronaut or a composer or earning a million dollars and seven figures. No, no, you don't have to do anything. You know, if you're a good mom, you raise decent kids, that might be your purpose. And you're free to do whatever the hell else you like with your life. But don't get it all tied up with your purpose. Your purpose is what happens. It's literally what was it? how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I think that shows your purpose. Yep. It's, oh, exactly. I, could just, I just, yeah, I get sort of tied up with this because it's such a passion of mine that people get stuck in day jobs, they get stuck in doing things they think they have to do and never connect with who they really are inside. They never get to know who they really are. And if, yeah, we're, if, one of my favorite quotes is we're, we're human beings, not human doings. In it. And one of the mm -hmm. hardest things to do is to just be. Oh, I know. Don't I know it? Me with the million mile an hour brain. Let's <laughs> hear it for ADHD. <laughs> oh, this has been just a pure delight, darling. I have to say thank you so much. Um, parting moments. What advice would you give to anybody else who wants to build writing into their life, whether it's for their career or just simply for the love of it, but they are filled with that message of, I can't do that. I'm not good at that. You don't have to be good at it and you can do it keep going bring, bring pen and paper with you everywhere you go or pencil i know for a really long time i hated using a pen because i couldn't erase things i was so ocd about it uh, <laughs> so bring write, a writing utensil or five along with you and something to write on um you know if you're feeling stuck there are so many places you can find writing prompts or groups for accountability i mean find, find a community you join my group if you want i i mean stories will save the world in on facebook i'm providing prompts for fiction and non-fiction on a regular basis i am there to help with feedback insight celebrations help you through whatever struggles you're having um it doesn't have to be my group if i mean if you work better solo look just do a Google search for, for creative writing prompts or, or whatever it is you like to do. But don't don't give it up because you feel like you're not good enough or because you feel like it's not going to take you anywhere. If it's what you love to do and if it's who you are, just do it. Just keep doing it. Keep going. <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. I can't top that. That is just the most beautiful way to end. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you so much for being the first interview guest on my podcast. And Thank you for having me on. This is so fun. And I can't wait to do more stuff with you because you are my favorite. Yeah. I'm so excited for you to share my story. Ew, I had so much fun recording. I forgot how much fun it was to read things aloud. 
<laughs> yeah, just to let people know that uh, I'm not sure when this podcast is going out, but first Sunday of every month, Hayley is writing and reading aloud a original story for us. Um, and the first one goes out on Sunday, the 7th of February, which is tomorrow as we're recording, but who knows when it'll be by the time you hear this. Again, thank you so much, darling. You are an absolute treasure. And uh, I can't wait to hear the next story that you send through for us for March's first Sunday story. That should be your moon story. That, that ought to be your moon story. That should be all set and done and ready for you. Brilliant stuff. Right, I will... <laughs> <laughs>